UCW radio show. As you guys know, we've been doing this for some time. We've had some great guests, some awesome guests on the show, motivational, inspirational, and they do so many great things. Today is no different. This show is no different. And we have two special guests. We had him on before, and this was a while ago, and then he avoided me, dodged, weaved. He didn't want to come back on, but now he's here. And I and I had him bring his wife. So join me in welcoming uh, Tom and Dawn Terwilliger to the show. How you guys doing? Hey, everybody. Hey, good. Good. It's good to be here. And, and yes, I've been, I've been dodging you because you're, you're one of those guys that asks the tough freaking questions. I remember it was like, Tom, how old are you? I'm like, I'm never coming on this guy's show again. Ever. Yeah, you see, well, that, 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 I think that's John Hansen's fault because he tries to be, you know, Mr. Youth. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so you, you've been on the show. We talked about your bodybuilding career. We talked about what you did in the past. You have things going on now, but if you can do me a favor, just give a, a brief synopsis on on who you are and what you've done for the people that are viewing and listening that really don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't know, but maybe they don't know. Maybe they were sleeping on the rock. I don't know. In a cave, things happen, right? Maybe they're on Long Island causing problems. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If you're in trouble, well, actually, if you've been in trouble on Long Island or in New York, you, you definitely know who I am. But yeah, a, a shy of that, it probably does require some excellent, excellent explanation. Um, well, I will, I will say this. Let me preface everything um, that I've done before. Things only really started to happen in my life after I met Dawn. After I met my wife. I guess you could say it was a, there was a pre-dawn and a post-dawn life. That's right. right like That's a movie. Right. All right. I get, get the prequel and the post-cool thing. All right. Sunrise, sunset. I met her. You know, the, the, the dawn, you might say. And then the next day was something even brighter and better. Right. Prior to that, though, uh, I guess it goes back to, you know, I mean, a long history with, with uh, being an outlaw, running with an outlaw bike club, mm-hmm. uh, being, you know, kind of really going down the wrong path, you might say. And a lot of that has to do with some of the things that we all wrestle with, with these fears, these doubts, these uncertainties, this feeling of being unworthy. And, you know, we all have those to one degree or another. Some, you know, we've created as a result of our past, our history, um, our experiences. Others are just natural tendencies of human beings to doubt themselves to a degree. And it's really not a natural thing to do. But it's something that it's almost it's a societal in many respects. It's almost inbred into us. So for me, that idea that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't normal, I wasn't like everyone else, manifested into this becoming an outlaw biker, you might say, riding with the, the clubs and stuff in New York. But ultimately, finding my way out of that and, and really kind of turning it around. And it all begins with a mindset and a decision. So for me, the decision was, hey, this is not really who I am. This is not the direction I should be going. This is not even the life that I anticipated that it was. I thought the whole Outlaw Bike Club was 
was really about just camaraderie and brotherhood and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and just kind of connecting, you know and what I mean? And that's what you were hoping it would be. And that's really what I was yeah. looking for, and that's what yeah. I was anticipating. Yeah. But it really wasn't about that. It was just, there's a part of that, certainly, and there's a supportive brotherhood there, no mm-hmm. question about it. But more than anything else, it's about, you know, it's, it's more or less uh, organized crime, right. and it was not something that I wanted to be part of. So making the decision, like for anyone, if you're in a bad relationship, if your finances are suffering, if your body is really going to, to hell, at some point you have to recognize this is not who I am. Mm-hmm. I deserve better. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a decision about getting rid of that and mm-hmm. moving towards something else. And that's ultimately what I did. And that led to the bodybuilding career. Because getting back into the gym was really – because, you know, I mean, you're living that lifestyle. You're drinking. You're doing drugs. You're, 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 oh, you're doing you're a, lot running of your bike. a lot of things. Oh, you're skidding your bike out. I had road rash all over my body. I have broken bones and, and been stabbed a couple of times. And it's just like I had to start rebuilding my body. I didn't really even anticipate that as a result of rebuilding the body that the mind would begin to rebuild as well. Sure. The ambitions, the beliefs. I started to believe in myself. I started to see I could do more. I was very fortunate to – uh, start training in a very good, very supportive environment, Future Man Gym on Long Island, where there was some great champion bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. But it was also a very, really, that's where I found the support, the camaraderie, and the brotherhood that I'd been seeking. Right. And that led right. to winning several bodybuilding competitions, including the Mr. America, competing on stage with some of the best bodybuilders in the 80s and 90s, which I believe is the golden era. In the Mr. Olympia competition, oh, back, twice. Back, back, back then, that was it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were training. You were, you were competing and training back then. This is when you met everyone. This is when you yes. met people that you know back then. Because bodybuilding, if you were a big name in bodybuilding, you were also broke. So you know, you're around, <laughs> you're 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 around other people. So you were like everyone else. But nowadays, you, you know, know, it's so funny. You, it's so funny you mentioned that because I literally just finished, I completed a program that I've created right. <laughs> called the 30, 30 Day Growth Acceleration Program. Right. And, and I go in, and it's really the, one of the first times I really go into that part of the story, which is hey, I was on top of the world. I just won the Mr. America competition. I was getting magazine covers, I was getting all sorts of stuff. I'd even just started a television show, but I was flat broke. I was living in this like little dingy old studio apartment yeah. with nothing. It was like, you can be on top of the world in the bodybuilding community and still have nothing other than a title. Back back then, but now it's different because you have all these sponsorships. I mean, back then, you didn't have a lot of stuff. I mean, you had a few supplements. You had Weeder, of course, and you had some animal packs and all that stuff. You didn't have the stuff you have now. You know, I I remember I was, was, uh, oh, man, I met an old-time bodybuilder when I started, and he said, you got to have this – this yeast stuff because it's like protein it has more protein than that i said really he says yeah don't waste your money on the protein powder get that i got this i mix it all up i drank it i was puking for a little bit that was nasty if you had any sense at all you threw a banana and some peanut butter in there otherwise i didn't have nuts. any sense i just threw it in there because i said you know what i'm gonna give it a shot you know the, yeah, the guy was yeah. big i said you know what uh, that, that that never Not happened yeah that was a bad that was a bad deal for me bad deal you know i think i think back then um uh, a lot of guys, because I remember one of the first times I trained a future man gym when I really kind of got started again. Someone had turned me on to niacin. They said, man, hey, oh, you got to do like, like 10,000 milligrams of niacin. You got to do it like, just before the workout, right? So within about 10 minutes, I'm like, what the hell? I stripped all my clothes, jumped into the shower, and I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I'm pissed at this guy. 
if you've never had a niacin reaction, I have. It is like the worst sunburn you've ever had in your life. I so have. guys used to do those practical jokes on people, yeah. man. No, I took they that one use. time and and I just I bought it. I mean, I didn't know what it was. I bought it. Someone told me about it. I bought it. I took it, went to work. All of a sudden, I'm sitting down, and my 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 sleeves getting tight. My button popped off. I'm like, well, I'm turning into the Hulk. And I I, yeah. I, went, to, I, I went to the nurse right away, and I said, said, you this is nice, and all the blood's coming uh, to the surface. It's a big dilator. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. They banned yeah. that. You know, they banned that that version. Uh, they don't. You, they oh don't yeah, that powerful stuff along with the, you know some of these other things that guys were right. using. It yeah. was a lot of it's you know it's like they said no. But I think a lot back then, again, part of that part of that brotherhood, that camaraderie was also that indoctrination. It was just like you had to go through a hazing period a little bit yeah. in the gym. You met some big new guy. Like even Arnold talked about it in Pumping Iron. You know, the guy came to me, he said he's got a great body. I just need to learn how to pose. The guy strips off and he's like, he's got nothing. He's got no body. He's like, he's fooling himself. He's kidding. So Arnold has him screaming on stage when he's posing. That was the kind of thing yeah. that we had to get used to. And it was an indoctrination. And if you could pass that, then you had a shot. If and you, you may could get be doing through something. the humiliation and realize, you know what? These guys are just pulling your chain. They don't really mean anything truly uh, personal. That's right. Then that's you right. can get through anything. Uh, you know, the worst thing is when you got someone, they're looking to, they're ready to compete. They're getting all, they're getting prepared. And you have that one a-hole that says, your calves look kind of small. They, well, they, they're off the deep end. Forget about it. <laughs> that was, it was very – it was interesting because it was and, – and for all of us, including myself, initially and early on, it's a very fragile state because a lot of yeah. the confidence is built on what our physique looks like, how much right. work we put into it, did we prepare, and one little comment like, you look great, but I guess you, you – did you have a calf – did you have an injury or something that kept your calves from – I mean, what happened, you know? It was like, Ugh! and it would get you into your head, which is like, which was a great lesson for me. And I know Dawn has experienced this as well, that later on, understanding how that prefrontal cortex can light up yeah. and that little critic inside us can just derail us from achieving whatever we want based on some little insecurity. And so knowing how to deal with that. People don't realize that, you know, in bodybuilding, bodybuilders are inherently insecure about themselves. And you say one thing and forget it. You know, somebody's going to the loony bin, okay? Which, <laughs> which you know, I, I, I kind of understood, but I, I, I didn't want to understand that because, you know, to me that's, I don't know. You know, you're that yeah. deep into something. If you love it, then nothing should bother you. Absolutely. And you have to learn how to become that resilient, you might say. And resilience is the key to almost any real success because we're going to run into those challenges. We're going to run into those doubts, those uncertainties, because it's not just bodybuilders. It's inherent in all of us. But the bodybuilding state is very fragile. It's a very thin you know, layer of ice for the most part. But you know, as Tom says, I mean, it really runs into anything. I mean, you, you from Wall Street to you know, any boardroom to you know, teacher to teacher to doctor to doctor, you've got those competitive states. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when somebody that, that, that feels that's just a little bit ahead of you and, you, and you're coming up on, on them, that uh, they, they want to take you down. Yeah, they, 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 they want to, they, and they're going to do everything in their power and every mental game they can. And so if your calves are weak, yeah, or, or you might not know about this pathway or how to treat this patient or the right move in the market. 
it, it really is in any competitive nature. And honestly, as much as it can tear you down at that moment, it's what makes you better. Yeah. If you can rise above it, it's those moments that you remember, like, that's never going to happen to me again. You become better. Yeah. And that's the thing, like now in today's society, you have to be so careful what you say. You don't want to offend this one or that one. God forbid you say this, this kid's going to go and go suicidal, you know, and it's like, I don't get it. When when, when we were kids, you, you got tough, you went to school, you dealt with stuff, you had a couple of bullies, you know, and if things happened, sometimes things got out of control, but you had a big brother or something, someone got involved, something happened. Okay, then after that, you got into a fight, then all of a sudden you were friends. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. And then that, that's what happened. Now, God, I wish that happened with, with girls as it did with guys, because that was uh, never the case. There was always cat scratch fever with girls. Yeah, yeah. And there was no coming back in a friendship. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't want to be on your bad side, you know. I, I don't yeah, know. No, no, no. So, so moving along with that story, fast forward, winning the Mr. America competition, finally realizing, hey, you know what? Uh, the, the, there's no immediate reward in winning the Mr. America and turning pro. They were few and far, uh, the contracts were few and far between. The sponsors were few and far between. Back then. So I decided, hey, I'm gonna, I have no business background. I have no business being in business. Mm -hmm. But I decided the best route for me would be to open gyms. I mean, a lot of bodybuilders go in that direction. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just like, hey, I got to find a way to support this habit of mine, this mm -hmm. bodybuilding career, and still at the same time make money. And I also had this really, like, I always had a desire to serve others, to help others. I think that was instilled in me by my parents, but also the first time, like, I, I think I was a, you know, like early bodybuilder, I won my first competition and some kid came up and he was like, oh my, can I have your autograph? And I was just like, I could see how he lit up mm -hmm. when I took the time to encourage him to sign the autograph and, and to say, hey kid, you look like you've got real good potential, keep your mind strong. And it was like, wow, how that made me feel intrinsically was like, that's really the reward I want. Right. So opening a gym, and being able to coach people, mentor, have a facility where people could pursue their dreams mm -hmm. was really like, and still make a living at the same time while I'm doing, pursuing my dream, mm -hmm. was like something that was a godsend. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did for several years. So then moved to Colorado and, uh, and met this lovely lady, and then she swept me right off my feet. Well, wait, I, I want to hear about the meeting of the minds here because, you know, you went, you, you left New York and you, know, you left and you were like, I'm done. I'm going to go and deal with snow and cores. And this is where you were going. And maybe mine for gold a little bit. I don't know what you, but you, you, you get to Colorado. How do you guys meet? Well, actually, it was interesting. That's, a, that's yeah. a great story. At the time, um, you know, I was uh, basically second year into college at CU Boulder and working for a gym at the time. You know, I've always been a competitive athlete um, in my own right. Uh, I didn't get to superstar status. Oh, no, no one could be like Mr. TT, okay? He, he's like <laughs> a masculine. We're, we're, we're just little minions. I know, I know. But I want to hear your story, Dawn, because cause you are important, just so you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, you know, while uh, competitive in my, own, my, uh, in my own right, you know, whether that would be athletics to um, education, you know, I really wanted to, I, just a sponge in everything I did and, and realized, uh, I think at an early age, the game of life and that you've got to play it to win it. Yeah. Um, and it, you can try to ignore it all you want, but it's it's not going to get you what you want ultimately. Yeah. 
Um, so that was always a firm believer of that. And when we had met, I was working for a, a small gym at the time. And uh, as much as I begged and pleaded to work the booth at the Mr. Colorado contest, which I'm sure I didn't have to beg, anybody would say, oh, this girl wants to do it. Let's uh, let's give her the job. <laughs> and it truly was um, uh, the night that we met, um, you know, really, uh, you know, eyes met across the room. It was an enchanted evening. And it, was, it really went down that way. As soon as our eyes met, there was... There was something magic, you know, so you, you know, there's like this idea, this concept that there's a soul made out there for all of us. And, and I tend to believe that's true. And it may be more than one for, for many. Um, but when our eyes met across the room, it was like something happened. So the spark happened almost immediately. And we wound up together. We've been together for over 27 years now. Wow. And that was, I was there. I, I had, I hadn't planned necessarily. 27 years. You look like you're 27 years old. Dawn, 27 years. I know, right? Thank oh, you. Man. I don't even like doing these podcasts anymore because I look at I look at I'm like, damn, you can really see those 14 years, man. <laughs> but, but I, I was hey, you, in the television show. You look good, show. Tom. You look good. You look good, kiddo. Come on, yeah. look at this mug. <laughs> you, 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 you're fine. Don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. Yeah, I got a couple of years of kicking yet. So so I was in Colorado as a result of doing the, uh, I don't know if you remember, if you're a bodybuilding fan, you'll remember a television show called Muscle Sport USA. It was on yeah. Madison Square Garden Network in New York for years. Yeah. Then um, uh, 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 Fox Sports picked it up. We ran for another 16 years or so. Um, and when I was in New York, we were doing that. We were filming in New York. We would travel all over the country filming, and we would do the editing with a very dear friend of mine who's passed away since, Steve Stone, great bodybuilder himself, Man. great guy, great mentor, great coach. Um, but then when I decided to move to Colorado, I decided to move to Colorado as a result of us going there with the TV show to cover the Mr. Colorado Championship. Okay. And that's when Dawn's working the booth at, what was it, Flex Gym or something? Yeah, it's a Flex Flex Gym here in, uh, you know, off of Colfax in yeah. Colorado, anybody who knows about it. Uh, that That's uh, kind of like a staple of Colorado bodybuilding. Yeah. So, so it was really, so I, I had told him, I said, you know, after I discovered Colorado and met Dawn, that I'm going to sell my gyms. I'm moving to Colorado. I absolutely love it out there. I oh, fell in love. Within two months. Within two months. And it was a big yeah. risk. It was a big Whoa, you, know, you, was a big you had the magic touch. You had like love potion number nine, Dawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a big risk. It was a big risk. And I've never done that before. I've never like gone head over heels and just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to change my whole life as a result of some one person. Well, that's a no. big leap. That's a leap of faith. Big well, you are the leap really coach, so you're leaping. I get it. I got it. And that's in the leap. That's what I teach. The leap yeah. of faith, the leap process, you know. So for me, I had to go through that, you know. Sometimes that's the only form of transportation, that leap of faith to get to where you want absolutely. to get to. Absolutely. Yes. You know, we're trying to bottle that. We're trying yeah. to find a way. Technology's uh, still not, uh, you know, we're still ahead of technology on that one. Right. So anyway, we yeah, so we met. And what's really interesting about that is that we – you know, you ever hear, you, you've heard of the, you know, the, what is it, the six something of Kevin Bacon, what is it called? Oh, the six, six degrees. Six oh, degrees six degrees of separation, yeah, with separation. Kevin Bacon. Yes. So Dawn and I were already connected, but we didn't know it. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that time, I mean, I was training alongside Matt Mendenhall and his intense oh, training Matt. partner. Matt was a beast. Matt was a beast. And it was, it was true. Oh, he was, he was great. And, was great. you know, as, as much as, um, you know, not I don't want to say this uh, egotistically from him that he took over the gym, but he, when he was in there, he he was doing business right. and he was there to train. But at the same time, he didn't 
uh, let anybody out. And he always brought us in, you know, a couple workout tips. And, Good guy. You know, it's just truly a, a huge heart. Yeah, great guy. Um, and so we kind of developed a, a friendship just at the gym. Um, and he was telling me about, you know, a supplement company that he was starting. And I'm like, you know what? I, I do graphic design. I can help you create the logo. But unbeknownst to me at that time, because this was all of probably eight months before I met Tom, he was actually talking about his partner back in New York to start the supplement company, which was Tom. Uh, yeah. So it really was cosmic and, and kind of, you know, uh, a full circle that we were destined to meet. Yeah. We didn't know we were connected, but we were already connected through that yeah. aspect. And it was really, it's, it's fascinating how those things happen. I mean, you know, but when that happens, and this is a lesson for everyone, it's just like, and one of the things that, that happens a lot, especially as we age, we tend to second guess our intuition. We doubt our ability to make decisions. We, we, we're uncertain about our imagination, and it kind of leads us in the wrong direction. When we're kids, we imagine something. We trust our intuition. Mm-hmm. We like the kid playing on a playground. We go up and play with them. So we've yeah. stopped doing that. And, I, and, and for me, it was about really trusting my intuition. That's why it happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think if we learn to do that, we train ourselves to understand and to listen to the inner self that is not the critic, but rather the inner self that wants success and massive abundance for us. Mm-hmm. And we listen to that intuition carefully and closely. Do your due diligence, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't move out of here just like that. It was just like, okay, I've got this step to do. I've got this step to do. i got to find out where to live. i got to look at the economy. Can I open a gym there? How easy will it be to sell this gym? I mean, I had to do some homework around that, my due diligence. But ultimately, trusting my intuition is what paid off and has always paid off. And, and you can look at that. Go no, ahead. No, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you can look at that, too. It's like whatever decision that you make, make it the right decision. Yeah. So you, you follow down this path. It doesn't mean that it couldn't alter along the way should it not work out as you anticipated. But still, make that decision correct, find that path, and continue forward. You know what I find? I find that when we're younger, we'll take the risk. We'll roll the dice. We'll go and do uh-huh. these things on the dime and go and say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to head here, go here. I'm going to join the military. Whatever you're going to do, you just get up and do it. As you get older, you start accumulating things, start building your life. So as you get older, that fear comes in, like, if I take this risk, I can lose this. When you have nothing yeah. to lose, then you have all to gain. When you have a lot to lose, you have a lot to lose period, the end. So the risk and the reward factor come into play. I, I think that's part of the, think, the mental thing, you know? I, I think you're absolutely right of it. And, and I think a lot of it is the mental aspect of it because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me, again, I can only use myself as an example. My experience was I had built a life in Long Island. I mean, I had, I was... Well, let's, get, let's get that right. Long Island. Okay. Long Island, you know? I mean, I had two <laughs> very successful gems. Right. Had a TV show that just like, hey, I'm, I, I don't know if I can reproduce this stuff right. back in Colorado, you know? So there was a lot to lose, but you hit on a good point. When we're younger, and I was in my early 30s then, we're willing to take those risks mm-hmm. because we feel like there's enough time that if we can rebuild it, and if we did it once, we could do it again. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a lot to lose, but we don't measure it. The scale is different. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I've got all of this. I could lose it all. But I got plenty of time to rebuild it again. The older we get, it's just like, hey, we got less time, and we tend to get comfortable. You know, complacent. we get more comfortable in our lives and complacent. complacent. Yeah. We don't want to take those risks. Right. We could rebuild again. We could start again. And I think this is happening a lot of people right now. 
with COVID and and uh, the pandemic and, and this is and, a pivotal year, you know, twenty twenty dished out everything to everybody and still dishing stuff out, still coming sure. at us. And it's like you know, it's like you're you're in a fight, you're getting punched so many times, you're like just keep keep punching me. I I don't feel anything right now, but what it did, it, it was it left an indelible indelible mark on us as as a society. Yeah. So now yeah. people are changing. They're forced to change. They think that this is the, the new normal. This is the new normal for now. Later on, I, I'm going to say probably in a year, there's going to be a, a mash of this and what we knew, and that's going to be our lives. Like this, like we're here doing this, you know, video podcast. We're doing this now. You know, when, when last time you came on the show, we couldn't do this. We're doing it now. Not with this technology. Exactly. Yeah. We're doing it now. And we're streaming live and doing all this other stuff. And it's great. So there's going to be a lot of change. Technology is going to be at the forefront. And I think people, you know, need to adjust. I think that adjustment is going to be problematic for some people. I, but I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I mean, when you really look at it, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but I think I'm doing it intentionally, is that the adversity is the mother of invention. And I know that's not the real quote, but when you look at whether it would be, you know, look what happened with World War One into World War Two, and all the new technology that came out of that because of what was needed for that time change. Uh -huh. And the same thing that we're going to see here. I mean, there's really some um, a big impact on our lives right now that's going to create new avenues. And it's really a true opportunity right now. Sure, it might beat you down at the moment, but if you could rise up and realize, I have to do things differently, and it's okay. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's, that's important. Good, good, Tom. I, I interrupted you. No, Martin, you've got so much to say. And now, listen, now, by the way, I, I don't appreciate want you to slap me through the computer. And that, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're <a> thing. <laughs> as long as you're not on the other side of a foosball table, you won't get smacked. Don't worry. There, there we go. There we go. But what, what were you going to uh, say, Tom? Good. I was going to say, number one, I want to congratulate you on, on what you're doing yeah. in, in terms of being part of that process. Revolutionizing technology, taking a look at what's happening out there, even though things are, uh, we've gotten comfortable with certain ways of streaming information and videos and podcasting, um, but they may not be the best. They may not be what we want ultimately. Mm -hmm. So let's reinvent. Let's create something new. Let's follow a new path in many respects. And you're doing that with much of what you're doing. You're not just a podcaster. You're an entrepreneur. And that's what it really takes these days. Through, and through and through, this is all I know. And you have to keep building and growing. And that that's how I was raised. That's what I've been doing my whole life. And same with you. You're always, you know, you went from one extreme to the next. You reinvent yourself. You know, you come across your, your, your life partner that makes everything better, stronger. Now yeah. you can do all the things that you ever wanted to do. You can actually do it fearlessly because you have yeah. you have someone that has your six, they're by your side, you're going through life together. And that's why I wanted the both of you on the show because this is important. You know, I, you know, people may think, oh, you got Tom Terwilliger on the show. You're going to talk about bodybuilding? No, I talk about body, bodybuilding with Michael Hearn or whoever else I'm talking bodybuilding with. Okay, I lived this life, and the more important story is not what you did, it's what you're doing. You know, where you came yeah. from is important. Mr. America, this and that. Yeah, pat you on the back. What are you doing now? How are you changing yourself? Because too many people, they hang on to what they did 30 years ago, and that is mm -hmm. all they got. That's all they got. 
okay? You're doing and you're changing, you're evolving, you're changing lives, the both of you. And I, and I dig that because people need to hear this stuff. You know, no, I appreciate like, that we got, you got, like you got your book in the background and, no. you know, the, the bottom line is you're doing stuff with, from, from training, from motivational, you know, from everything that you're doing is to help people better themselves. Well, I think that's the, that's the primary motivation. And, and it's interesting because I do a lot of coaching with individuals and entrepreneurs and I work with one particular individual. And this is, this is actually across the board. But I, I, the one example I'll give you is, is, is a gentleman that I work with. Who, who has expressed that what he's doing in terms of creating content, his presence, building a platform online, is really all about serving others. It's all about helping others and supporting others and helping ultimately create transformation. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'd love to say that's really what I see from a coach's perspective as his motivation, mm-hmm. but it's not. So I had to ask the tough question. I said, are you truly, I want you to really dig deep on this. Are you truly doing this to serve others mm-hmm. or is it to serve your ego and the rewards that come with that per se? Let's just say I rephrase. It. I said, what if you never get the house? What if you never get the pat on the back? What if you never get the recognition? But in your heart of heart, in your soul, you know, you're serving, you know, you're changing lives, you know, you're transforming lives. Would that be enough? The answer had to be no for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be no for most people as well. And for me as well, I want to have a nice home. I want to have a nice car. I want my wife to have the things that she wants. And I do believe that we should all be rewarded for our ability to help and support sure. There's others nothing in wrong with it. There's nothing wrong yeah. with reaping the rewards of, of what you do. Absolutely. Reap what you sow. You know, in this yeah. life, in this life, uh, people and, and it's just funny how people talk a lot of nonsense. You know, they they want to do they want to do a certain thing. They don't care if they make money or not. You're full of crap. Of course, you care if you make money because without money, you can't do what you're doing. You need the money to go fund the good things you're doing. You need the money Absolutely. to do that. That's the reality. That's why you have nonprofits. They get donations. Where do they get donations from? From people that have the money. But if you mm-hmm. are able to build that personal wealth, guess what? Just imagine the good that you can do. And Absolutely. Even if it is just supporting a nonprofit in some way, you at least right. have that capability. Right. I mean, it's actually, yeah. you know, used in the right hands. Money is a great multiplier. Sure. Even in the wrong hands, yeah. it's a great multiplier. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're able to acquire that wealth and you do have the, the heart of hearts and genuinely want to serve, you're going to do so exponentially. Yeah. And, and the reason I asked him that question, it was a discovery question. Mm-hmm. It didn't have any pertinence in terms of my coaching or what he's doing, but it was a discovery question. I wanted him to understand, I wanted to understand, but most importantly, I wanted him to understand the true motivation behind it. Because ultimately, listen, for some, for many, those rewards will manifest. For some, they won't. And for those that won't, does that mean they're failures? Does that mean they haven't succeeded? Does that mean they're Maybe they're not living the abundance in their life that they want. Maybe not reaching as many people, mm-hmm. but they should still feel good that they were doing something that served others. Well, success really levels they- are relative, though. You know, it all depends on what it means to you. Mm-hmm. I've seen people successful with their families. They've done well. They live a you know a simple life, but they're happy. That's the, mm-hmm. that's their success. That's fantastic. Other people, you need more. You need more. I need more. That's how we're built. <laughs> You know, where, but you get more, but you do more. 
You get more and you do more. Some that's people are content with what yeah. they have, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you, you've tried to do and, and achieve something, as opposed yeah. to being one of these people that embrace mediocrity and say, oh, come give me a hug, sleep with me at night, because I want to do nothing in my life. And you have a lot of people yeah. that are like that. You know, it's unfortunate, but I think we're seeing a, a, a percentage, I don't want to say a large percentage, but certainly a percentage of our society that, you know, and again, I, I don't want to point the finger at millennials by any means, mm -hmm. but I think they're part of the symptom in that respect of, you know what, it's, it's sort of like if you're, as a child, if you're, you're, if you're always given rewards. You're not tested. You know, you're not you're truly not, tested the, on your The participation merit. trophy. Yes. I had this whole conversation yeah. with James uh, with, with Jason Cameron, okay, from uh, HDTV. We had the same mm. conversation yesterday about the participation trophy, and we, we it, it was like I, I don't understand it. You know, no. you can't reward for for not achieving because how do you have that fight inside of you? How are you going to succeed when mommy's not there to pay your bills, or you can't live in mommy's basement? How are you going to succeed right. in life? How are you going to help them if they need it, if you're not strong? And that's just the opposite of resilience, and your body's yeah. listening to that. So, you know, you've got your peers and everybody else around you and that sort of thing, but when you really take that back to, you know, if you're looking at longevity, if you're looking for the right soulmate, if you're looking to do any other success in your life, it really does start in your body. Mm. And if you're, if you're just given that reward, what are you telling the, the whole ecosystem that is you? Right. You know, you're you're just saying, ah, oh, this is a little too easy. So it's not going to fight to try to survive that much longer. It needs the hormetics, the little mini stresses to make yourself resilient. That is the essence of and the definition of that word. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you got to have those little fights. You know, don't you? You're on the money with that because at the end of the day, when you when you're running and you fall down, what do you do? Instinct is to get up. But if you don't know, if someone says, no, lay down, take a rest, go rest, I'll, I'll pick you up. Yeah. What, what, I mean, now, you, now you're waiting for someone to pick you up. You know, how does that breed anything? You know, and especially in America, you know, this is the land of opportunity. But the land, it's hard. Not easy. It's hard to get to where you need to get to. But at the same time, you need to be taught these these things that are I call them character traits because yeah. you build up if you don't build up these character traits how what's that going to say about you how are you going to be a leader and teach other people you can't no that's right yeah so what I would what I would and again listen I don't know how many individuals uh, that we might be referring to that a come lot, into that lot. category or millennials that, that watch your show that listen to your show maybe it's not that, maybe it's a small percentage maybe it is a lot. <laughs> So we don't want to give up on them, certainly. No. How, many drinks, how many drinks do you have over there, man? I've seen oh, at least two I, cups. No, I, got, I got my coffee. So got my and coffee. you got, your, you got your, your brewer's yeast? No, no brewer's yeast. Oh, my God. I no brewer's right yeast? I'll throw up on the show. I got my water. And then, and then if it keeps going on, I got Gatorade over there. I'm all up. All right. I, got, I thought I saw three different bottles come over. No, so yeah. What I'm, do I I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going back and forth, back and forth. I got to keep up with you. I need caffeine. Okay. I'm keeping it simple, man. <laughs> Small, simple, Pellegrino. Hopefully, I don't burp. <laughs> but I wanted to address that because if they're, if you're listening right now, and, and you know, and 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 Lewis said something important, which is, if you've never been taught, how do you? So how do you? Do we just give up? 
because we've never been taught. I was picked up by my mom. I was coddled. I was given a trophy for just participating. So is that it? Do I have to just resolve myself to being weak and helpless and fragile the rest of my life? No, absolutely not. But it begins like it did for me in the outlaw world, recognizing this is not serving me and it's not serving the world. That you have more in you, that you can manifest something more. But you got to begin the training now. Mm-hmm. It begins with first taking on that realization that, hey, you know what? I'm a little weak. I'm a little fragile. I realize that, that I got to get a little bit stronger. Where does it begin? Taking on some small task, taking on some small challenge, maybe immersing yourself a little bit more in personal growth and development where you can start to say, hey, you know what? That makes sense. I need to do those kind of things. I need to start thinking this way. I need to change my mindset around this and recognizing when you are faced with a challenge that what your natural instinct might be right now is to back off instead move in attempt to achieve it even if you fail so what this is how you begin to develop that resilience and that strength to become a leader in your own life and then to contribute to society but what what happens when and, and this is i think about this too what happens when you want to do this stuff and for anyone that's listening that if you if you fit into this category this help Tom, Tom, and Tom and Dawn can help you. They can, they can take care of you. But what happens when society goes and they, they, they sit there and they allow you to, to be a certain way? And then I apologize. Well, I apologize for my dog because she's. Barking. Are you kidding? That's that's, that's ridiculous. We've got two schnauzers back here. We're just waiting for someone to ring the bell. Oh, that's okay. It, 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 it happens. Chaos. It happens. It happens. It'll be chaos, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. You know what? I, I had uh, Steve Hess from the Denver Nuggets. He was a uh, strength coach for the Steve, Denver Nuggets. Sure. Yeah, he was on the show. He, yeah, you see, he, he competes still, this crazy guy. So, wow. so yeah, yeah, he just won. He won the Masters. I forget what no, it is. He's by you. I'm gonna hook you Steve up. Is, Steve is a riot. I, I, you know, Steve and I know each other. I've met, I've seen him a couple of times on the court. If, if, if guys, if you don't know who Steve is, Steve's probably what is he about five, four, five, five, maybe in that range. And, and he, we'll give him. We'll give, we're court, giving him five, six. Steve, I love you. We're giving him five, six. We're giving you five, six. But he's never been as wide as he is tall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and when he's on that court with these six foot eight, six foot nine players, it is one of the funniest awesome. things I've ever seen. It's just it's huge the difference, yeah. but he's massive yeah. and he's a great guy. He has, yeah, he's, uh, guy. he's by you somewhere. He has um, oh, yeah. Denver, he has a uh, he's part of a fifty five thousand square foot facility. Uh, forget the name of it, but uh, no, it's good. You guys should hook up because you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's been several years. We should really reach out and connect yeah. with you him. Should. Again. Yes, you should. should. He's there. Yeah. He got his, he got his pit bulls and he's home now. He's doing stuff. He's he's just waiting for you. He's yeah, I'm <laughs> waiting for the call, man. We're gonna, we're gonna let him know. Yes, yeah, I think you asked the question. It's like, what if society? What if we live in a society now that sort of like not only accepts that as our new norm, but rewards it, but rewards yeah. it and encourages it in many respects. Yeah, and I think we have. I see you. You get angry about that, Dawn. You get angry about uh, that. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. the, the thing that is so lost within that, because you know, I, I can, I can visualize and I do know some people in that spot and, and they do become more complacent and that sort of thing and, and yet they still cry and, and hurt for more. And it's just like, well, if you really do want it, all it really does start with curiosity. Then they come back saying, but I don't know where to start. And really anywhere. Have the curiosity to dive in anywhere and the paths will lead you to your ultimate goal, regardless of where you start. Right. Now it's not gonna be easy. It's, no. it's not gonna be easy. It's but I think you know, if society rewards that if we wanna be an out <clears throat> we wanna be outstanding, like anything. Listen, 
in, in many respects, the playing field has been reduced. It's easier to become good. It's even easier to become great. And to become outstanding is just a couple of notches away. When everyone else is down here accepting mediocrity, all you have to do is take a few extra steps, push yourself a little further, take a couple of risks, and before you know it, you're above the crowd. Next step, next step, next step until you become outstanding. No different than some of the great quarterbacks in the world. Sure. They didn't become the most outstanding quarterback because they were willing to be like, hey, you know what? I'm good now. I'm as good as everyone else. No, I want to be better. I want to be the best. I mean, look, and ultimately, look, at, look at Tom Brady. Okay, mm-hmm. he was a backup quarterback for the Patriots. He got a lucky break, literally, you know, and then he he was able to play. What happened? Was he ever complacent in what he did? You know, no, he kept pushing each and every game. Right now, mm-hmm. in our lifetime, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can you can say other other quarterbacks are great, like Terry Bradshaw, of course, but no one has six rings. He's yeah, got six yeah. rings yes. on his hands. Never in our I mean, lifetime we see this. That's crazy. But what did he do? He could have retired. He said, "Ah, I'm going to go to Tampa Bay." And, and what's he doing now? That they're, they're winning. He, he's bringing out. He brought Antonio Brown back to life. For Christ's nope. sake, he did that. Yeah, I mean, him and Tony, it's going to be great, man. Y- yeah. And you know, it's interesting because Dawn had mentioned something earlier, and it takes me back to a conversation I had with Peyton Manning when Peyton first came here. So he was in the same position. He had some injuries, and he left. His, his team that he'd been with for years came to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So I asked him this, the, the question. Actually, I wasn't. It was a group of us that were talking with him. And someone asked him the question, how did you, how, how, how did you know it was the right decision? Mm-hmm. And he said, and, he, and I go back to what Dawn said earlier. He made it. He said, Make it the right he decision. Said, I made it the right decision after I made, I did my due diligence. Mm-hmm. I did my homework, but I made it the right decision. In other words, what he said was that I don't second guess it. Once the decision is made, that's it. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure there was no other possible decision I could have made that would have been better than this one. You don't second guess it. You don't question yourself. You don't say, well, I could have done this. I should have done that. No. You make it the best possible decision and you move forward. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of resilience. That's what gave him uh, you know, his final Super Bowl ring, man. It was amazing. Yeah, and I love that, that answer. That, that's a great story. You know, actually, when, when, when he won that, when he got that, I mean, honestly, that year, what was happening? They, you know, the Steelers were in it. They, they, a lot of things were going on. Peyton Manning was coming to his to his retirement, right? Mm-hmm. That was, that was going to be it for him. That's right. And I said, I said, you know what? I can accept a loss to them because of Peyton Manning, because of the person that he is. Mm-hmm. I can accept that. Hard for me to accept anything else, but that I accept. <laughs> I can accept. Okay. Absolutely. But no, great <laughs> guy. You know, person. I've heard a lot of great things about him and how he is. You know, uh, and I think that's important. And I think kids they need to they need to learn this stuff. You know, yeah. they they need to learn this stuff now, not later. Yep. And learn it and also recognize it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, as, as far as you know, uh, Tom Brady and his successes right now is really just a result of pure everyday consistency. Mm. I mean, yes, he could have stopped. He had multiple opportunities to retire, and yet he says, you know, I'm going to continue. I've got more in me. Yeah. I could rest mm-hmm. on my laurels now, but, you know, there is more to accomplish. Sure. And the, the, that curiosity in him, what else can I accomplish? Is it an injury that's going to take me out? Well, no, I'm going to take care of my body to make sure that it remains resilient for as long as I want to play. Yeah. And he's still going for it. And, he's and vegan. that's what makes him 
<laughs> and he's vegan too, on top of everything. Look at him. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, hard he's living an American dream. He married a model, got a little model of kids. He's a model himself. He's played, you know, he, I mean, the bottom line is if you don't have it in you to want more and believe in yourself, <laughs> it's hard. You, know, you look at the DJ, The Rock, what he's doing. He could have stopped when he, when he hit a certain point, but he treats it like, hey, it's always day one. Keep putting in the work. Be the hardest work in the room. Always, you have to put in because if you don't do that, you will fall off. Because there's someone always, Tom. You know this. Always someone looking up, down, always. looking up at you, waiting for yep. you to slip so they can go right past you and take your spot. Chasing yep. you from behind, they see yep. your back and they're reaching for that what you have. Remember that before you know it, they're going to surpass you. Yeah, sure. You don't want that to happen. Sure. Remember that scene in uh, Pumping Iron? I go way back now. Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, yeah. on the beach, from Padres, you know, and all the other bodybuilders. And he's talking about it. somebody says, "Hey, you know, look for him. He's coming up. He's in New York. He's training hard. He's getting huge." He's hungry. He goes, yes, but I'm the wolf at the top of the mountain, and I'm hungry too. And he says, yeah, but the wolf uh -huh. at the bottom of the mountain, the one that's coming up, is even hungrier. Sure. You know, and that's so true. And you've got to be able to fight and be willing to fight. Yeah. But you, you, you mentioned something, and again, I, I, and I, and I want to listen. I want to reach out to those who may struggle with this idea that ah, I don't have it in me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like it's not hard. It's not. The, I'm not that kind of hungry guy. I'm not that kind. Of, and listen, maybe that's. I believe every one of us has a greater level of ambition based on the fact that we've all got magnificence. I think we all have some talent, some magnificence, mm -hmm. some way to serve the world, better the world, better ourselves, better our circumstances. Right. Um, but if you don't feel that compelled to pursue that, the one thing I would encourage you to do, and this was important, this was an experience I had when I was making the decision to leave the outlaw bike community, you might say. I'm hesitant to call it a club, but the community. Um, there was only one person that really supported me, and I'll never forget it. It was one of my best friends coming up in high school, great guy. I always loved the guy. And when I said, listen, I'm thinking about leaving, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out. He says, it's about freaking time. He goes, you're better than this. You've got more in you than this. Get out. Do what you got to do and explore what you need to explore because you're better than this, man. Now, so the reason I bring that up is because... Let's just say you feel like, hey, you know what? I'm not that guy. And I just don't feel that ambitious. I get up in the morning. It's just like I'm happy with what I got. I'm more than satisfied. But what happens a lot of times is if you're not feeling ambitious yourself, you're not pursuing some goals, some objectives, feeling good about what you're, what you're after, a lot of times we take other people down. Mm -hmm. We discourage them. Your friend, the, your friend might be, hey, I'm, on, I'm working on this new app or I'm creating this coaching program or I'm doing video. Come on, man. What do you expect to happen from that? What's going to come of that? You think you're going to make any money with that? You're not even going to make it. You're never going to make it. Mm -hmm. Remember the last time? You failed big time. Don't be that guy. That's because you're not pursuing something. Don't be the, yep. be the guy that says, hey, you know what? I bet you can do this. I bet you've got more in you. I know you can do this. Let's do it, man. Yep. Encourage your friends. Encourage your family to be more, to do more. And you know what? You're going to get inspired by that along the way as well. Maybe find the courage to pursue something else yourself. I think a lot of people that when they act like that towards someone, it's their own fear. And, yeah. you know, they're like, well, I didn't have the stones to go after this, so why should you? And you're not going to make it happen because I failed. They, they, they're, just, they're just like radiating this, this, this level of, hey, I, I didn't get there, and you're not going to get there either because they don't know. When you make it to the top and you may fall down halfway, you know you can always go back up. You've been there. Yeah. You know, you've been there. You know how you know how the the path is. You can make it happen. When you haven't no been there, 
That's the abyss. You don't know what's there. It's the unknown. Oh, my God. I don't know what's there. It can be the greatest thing. It can be the worst thing. You don't know. Mm -hmm. But if, if you don't roll the dice, you don't know. And you'll know. never know. You'll yeah. never know until you try. Yeah. And this is something, you know, when this when this um pandemic thing started to really take off, you know, all, uh, what was it, August last year? March? Was it March, right? I guess it was March the, of the this shutdown year. Was March. The shutdown yeah. began. And it was just like, hey, you know what? We saw a lot of people suffering. We were suffering. Much of our corporate coaching business went away mm -hmm. or was put on hold. This was the idea. We're putting everything on hold right now because everything is kind of this and this. And we're, you know, we're, we're sending people home. So we get back. 70% of our business went away. And so there's this little natural inkling of fear and doubt, like everyone was experiencing, started to kick in. Mm -hmm. And then we recognized that. And we had to make a decision. We had to make an empowering decision at that moment. Hey, you know what? We lost a lot of our income. Maybe we'll lose our business. Maybe we'll lose our home. But you know what? It's not going to beat us. It's not going to take us down. We're going to find a way to thrive through this. And so that decision, along with some other things that, that kind of piggybacked off of that, we said to ourselves, Dawn and I, well, what can we do right now? Let's forget about serving ourselves. What can we do to serve others that are in an even worse position right now? Mm -hmm. So what we decided at the very beginning, it took me about two months to do it, was we're going to write a book. We're going to create something, a guide, you might say, for others. Mm -hmm. And it turned into what's called the seven-step comeback plan, or we call it just the comeback plan. Mm -hmm. And it's a guide. It's a book, but it's really more a guide that, hey, this is the step-by-step -step process <clears throat> that anyone can use, whether you're trying to rebuild your business, your body, your life, your relationship, your finances, whatever it might be. Hey, if you're trying to rebuild a 56 Chevy in your garage, you can use the same damn plan. Right, right. It's a it's a process. This is the first step. This is the and that first step, by the way, is the empowering decision. Yep. Because if you've been suffering, you know, through this COVID thing and you've lost your job or your business went under, you owned a restaurant and that's gone. Yeah. You know? Where do we begin? It begins with that decision. And then ultimately that plan starts to manifest. And as you're going through that planning process, you begin to come up with ideas. You begin to think more ambitiously. You you, you come out of focusing on the negative we're so focused on the freaking negative today that we've got if we don't have a plan to pull us in the other direction and move us towards something better than suffering over here with the rest of society mm -hmm. then that's what we're going to continue to do just suffer yeah. so we created that book and i tell you what we we gave it away for the first several months we mm -hmm. thousands of downloads that ultimately turned into what we call the comeback summit in the summer, we had 22 incredible people on sharing their stories about their comebacks, their personal comebacks, their personal challenges and setbacks, and ultimately how they, with their mindset and, and, and the different tools and rules, found a way to come back. So it's been yeah. – that served you, us you through. Guys, you guys wrote this through. together, right? Yeah. We did. Yeah. And so you can you can check it out at thecomebackplan.com. Uh, you can even check out uh, – we're still offering the summit. Well, what we do is, by the way, when Dawn says check it out, we we started selling it after we gave away thousands right, right. of $47. And we still sold literally hundreds and hundreds. For your listeners, I want you guys to have this. I want everyone, as many people as possible, to have this comeback plan. So just go to this, the comebackplan.com, the comebackplan.com, sign up, register, and boom, the book is going to be sent to you in your email. You'll have it. It's all digital. And then what we've done, we'll give you access to some of, probably not all, but some of the interviews, some of the most powerful interviews during the summit, which some of them were unbelievable. I mean, just this James is a, virtual, a virtual summit you did? Yes. Virtual summit that we yeah. did. Well, your next one, the next one you have to do here, I think. 
Oh, you got I, that. I think we need to hook you up. Yeah. Live. You got in on this platform. Yes. Which on this fantastic. platform. Yep, because we yep. have we have, uh, and I'll, we'll talk after the show. I'll go good. Yes. I'll give you the skinny. I don't want to take away from what you guys are talking about right now. And actually, what I want to do, um, I want to ask you a question. And what when I ask you this question, just realize I'm going to put you. I'm taking myself out of the screen. I'm putting you on the screen. Just you two, and <laughs> advice. If, mm. if, if, if with the pandemic and everything that's going on right now, someone that's dealing with struggles and everything that is looking for something to grasp onto, something to help them to get through this, what advice would you give them? And I want to hear from both of you. Now I'm going to put you on the big screen by yourself. You're not going to see it, but trust me, it'll be there. <laughs> well, you know what? I would I would start off with uh, by saying that. You know, if you really are looking to make a change, and I've already said this in the conversation, you really need to start with your yourself. And that might be a daunting task, but what to look at. Um, but, I mean, if you're feeling, you know, anxiety, anxious, um, not knowing really where to turn, considering the process that's happening within your body. Um, and could you need more uh, a, a new spike in dopamine? Are you getting plenty of serotonin? And that really all starts within the gut. Um, how are you treating yourself is really a reflection of also how you're treating your outside environment. So if you're eating poorly, if you're not getting proper sleep, if um, you know, you're just, uh, you know, not exercising. I mean, it's, all of these things are truly important to take care of yourself for you to nurture others. Yeah. So that would be basically my number one step is look at the place of where you live first and clean it up. Yeah, and and Dawn brings up a good point. Listen, if, you, if you're looking and you've been struggling and you're challenged right now, you've got to begin honoring your body. Your body is the thing that's going to support you through this more than almost anything else. It might be your finances that are suffering. It might be something else. But take my word for it. If your body, if you're not respecting it, if you're not creating rapport with your body, it will not serve you. You will not trust it. And it's going to be hard to take that leap of faith forward. Now, from a mindset perspective, if you really, truly want to get out of this, this hole that we tend to dig for ourselves mentally, emotionally, the first thing you must do is make an empowering decision. We made an empowering decision when all this started to happen and we started to lose business and, and we were suffering a little bit financially. That empowering decision was this will not break us. And once you make that decision or whatever decision you decide, then it's about creating a big picture. Right now, we're narrow vision, honed in, focused in. On fear. On the fear, the yeah, problem. The, the uncertainty. Doubts, right? Think about it. That's where our mind goes. That's why you're losing sleep. That's what's keeping you awake at night. Create a bigger picture. Know that in six months, a year from now, things can be different. Maybe it's not as specific a goal as I would have encouraged you to do a year or two ago. Forget that specific goal for the moment. Make it a big picture. You will have a good paying job. You will have insurance. You'll have a nice home. Whatever that picture, big picture might be for you, and then begin to know where you are right now and what the next step might be. And knowing where you are and being honest with what that is. I mean, if, if you're just like, well, I'm kind of, you know, here, I'm doing okay, but let's really take a look at your finances. Let's take a look at your health and be specifically honest on those certain topics. Yeah. That's, that is really the most, that's a brutal honesty is the tough part to conquer. Yeah, the more, the more doubts and fears because of the unknown you have, the harder it is to combat those negative emotions. 
So take control of those different things, create an empowering decision, create a big picture, and then go in and create a plan, beginning with honoring your body, eating healthy, drinking more water, back off on the alcohol. I know we've all been drinking more alcohol. In Colorado, people are smoking weed like it's going out of style. Back off on some of those things and start to take control of your body and honor your body and allow it to move you towards what you can manifest, which is greatness. And once you can get through the honesty, the brutal honesty of knowing where you are, then you've got to make a list of all your resources. That could be friends. That could be uh, the tools that you have as far as your education. That could be uh, the support groups that you have around you. That could be your own past experience. Sometimes going back and remembering what you've been through. My God, that's right. I did that. I achieved that. I got over that. I did. I overcome whatever those challenges were in your past. Those become internal resources along with friends, finances, whatever it might be that you need to continue to move forward. Now, we could go down the entire list, but all you have to do is download it. Comebackplan.com. Comebackthecomebackplan.com. And get started on that plan and honoring your physiology. That will get you out of that fear, doubt, uncertainty that you've been suffering from. And that's only going to keep you trapped longer. And there you have it, folks. You heard it from Tom and Dawn to Williger. And I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. This is great. Uh, you know, check out Tom. Check out Dawn. See what they're doing. Come back. Well, what's the website against uh, Tom? Thecomebackplan.com. Thecomebackplan.com. Check it out. Download it for free. Yeah, you download it free. Do do what you got to do there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this out. I'm gonna do this stuff, and and I think more people should should know about it because of what you guys are doing. But you guys Thank stick you. with me, and for your viewers, and for the viewers and listeners that faithfully tune in to to our show, I thank you again, and make sure to tune in for the next episode of the UCW Radio Show. Hang on, guys. Initiating shutdown sequence. What is it? UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? All that will be ready. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.